Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. You know, really interesting experience. And I'm so thrilled to introduce you to Stacey Barber. And one of the things I know is that when people show up and they're called, let's just say called, I don't want to say called to what, but just like called, there's something that happens. And when you take a look and step back for a minute, especially all of you, the best listening audience in the world, one of the things you find is that the messages that people bring to the forefront are exactly the messages that will help you to whatever it is the next level is in your life. Today, I am thrilled to have you not just meet, but get to know up close and personal who Stacy is. For, for example, there are some of us that had to learn to love life. She is a lover of life. Mm -hmm. Um, She offers this to people because what she does is works with people all over the world, whether it is looking at being a transformational life coach or wellness coach or mindful movement practitioner. When you put those all together, what do you have? You have the perfect triad. You have that perfect body, mind, spirit, but in action. And so is there a way for us to understand what full love and acceptance is all about? Today, you're going to hear what Stacey's journey has been like and how the work that she does lights up her life. Because if we all can learn how to ground ourselves into our own radiance, then what that means is the perspective on the world and our perception of the world will change. And when that changes, the lives that we live change. Stacey, it's great to have you here. Mm, Thank you so much. Thank you for such a beautiful introduction, too. It's my pleasure. Look, I got to ask you this question. I have asked pretty much everybody over a 16-year period. And actually, our producers don't know this, but they're going to have to go back over pretty much almost every show I've ever done and pull the answers to these questions out. But here it is. I just shared a little bit about you. And I've been talking about recently what it means to overcome things. And I would love to know for you being here today, what are some of the challenges and obstacles? What did you have to overcome to bring you to this very moment? Hmm, Yeah, um, a lot. (laughs) And um, I'm so grateful to be able to be in the space now to look back and see how it built the trajectory of my life. Um, But from a very young age, as young as I can remember, um, I grew up in a home with an extremely loving mother um, and a father that fought alcoholism. And I, you don't know as a kid what to call that. Um, All you know is that dad's not home or dad's working or, you know, dad's just not around. And so growing up in that situation, it was, for me, it was my first experience of betrayal, deceit, 
all of the things that come along with this disease, you know, and as an adult, I'm so grateful to be able to look back and see it as that, see it as it was something that had overtaken him. Um, and on that note, my, my grandfather, who was the male figure in my life, who became my kind of built-in dad, um, he was a Baptist preacher. So I had this dynamic on either side of my life of um, all the love and all the, the knowledge that I gained around the church and God and love, and then living in a home environment that did not show me that. And so I really felt a lot of confusion, a lot of debate in those two aspects of my life. I'm so grateful that I had my grandfather to be able to be an example of what male love and companionship looks like. Um, but there was that fight going on inside of me, that confusion um, that carried on through my adolescent years into my teenage years. And by the time I became a teenager, I was really angry. I was angry about the cards I'd been dealt, um, the lack of that father in my life. Um, and again, still feeling really confused. And around the age of 14, my mom finally decided to leave my father, which thank God she did because um, the disease had really gone too far for him. Um, and so the way I describe it, the only sense of stability that I did have in my life kind of got swept out from underneath me, even if it was positive or negative, it was home, right? And so all of a sudden, here we are in a new, a new way of living. And um, as anyone probably remembers as a teenager, and you have this sense of stability sort of stripped, you start to explore. And for me, um, it was definitely a sense of rebellion and figuring out what, what was going on in my life. And um, destructive relationships, um, really unhealthy patterns. I ended up finding out that I was pregnant at the age of 17. And again, remembering, you know, this, this dynamic of having both of these, these aspects of my life present, there was a lot of shame, a lot of guilt, um, a lot of not knowing what to do. Um, and I had a very clear knowing at one point, one day that um, this was not the path for me. And I made one of the most difficult decisions of my entire life to, to go forward and have an abortion. And, um, I, just for anyone out there that's done, gone through that process, I mean, my heart goes to you because it's just, it's a really difficult experience, no matter how you look at it. And, um, that sort of spiraled me into a really deep sense of depression. Um, again, the, the, the shame and the guilt got even heavier. And um, I got to the point where I literally could hardly get myself out of the bed. Yeah. And that went on for a while. Um, and to the point where I ended up having to drop out of high school because I couldn't face myself in the mirror. And um, I can't tell you exactly what happened one day, but as I'm laying there in this deep darkness, this glisten of life, and choice and a better way. It was just, for me, it was hope. A sense of hope came back um, that helped me to start to one step, one day at a time, start to crawl out of what I really experienced is like my bottom, right? It was that quote of like, when you land, you know, when you find yourself on the bottom, the only way is up. 
And um, that is really where I started to begin to create the life that I knew that I deserved and that everyone innately does. Isn't it interesting? And thank you for sharing that, Stacey, because, Mm -hmm. you know, part of this that we look at along the way is we look at who we are today. And what I love about this conversation, I've recently shared much about my own story. And you and I have that in common. You know, Mm -hmm. we have the the adult, what are they adult children of alcoholic parents or something like that. Um, And part of that is, you know, facing our own demons and what we pick up and what we don't. But you know, part of Part of your end game is the ability to choose light over darkness. And I love that you talk about a bottom because a lot of times we don't talk about what the bottom looks like. And it really does look like something different for each person. But let's talk about what it means when you choose the light and move towards the light. Because the hardest times in my life have been not necessarily the bottom bottom, but that next step, the one where you see that glimmer of hope and you go towards it. And, and a lot of times we talk about this, Stacy, don't we, as, wow, I see the light. I'm going to do this action. I'm going to do this. But I don't know about you. I have taken two steps forward and three steps back sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you now to move towards that light? Yeah, well, I think it was um, the only way that I knew that I would be able to survive. It really came down to a, a, a feeling of survival that that if I'm going to live past this moment, then I have to start to make that first step. I have to start to see the good in myself. I have to start to see the good in the world. I have to choose that, right? I have to be able to shift my perspective. And I, I get so, I mean, I remember there's such like a self-critical, self-sabotaging, right? That critic that we have in our mind, um, just saying, you know, it's enough. And then what can I, what's the next thing that I can put into my brain? What's the next step I can take for myself? And it, it felt, you know, what I um, liken it to is a baby, right? That starts to crawl. And then it's a little wobbly and it might fall <laughs> and, and then it gets back up and then it figures out how to sit up and then it slowly starts to stand and then walking and you're going to fall again. And um, that's just the process, right? And I think for me, it was being really patient in that process of knowing the vision, knowing where I was going, but then also knowing that it's going to take some time. You know. There's much said about the journey being the, the rocky road as mm-hmm. opposed to the end game, right? And it's, it's really true, Stacey, when you think about it. I mean, think about athletes for a minute. Mm-hmm. You know, we watch these sports and we watch people and what they do. And I was reflecting on this myself the other day. And we watch. And then out of the watching, what happens is that we see the end game. So like if you if you watch the Seahawks a couple of weeks ago and uh, they're losing and blah, 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 what you remember is Russell Wilson, perhaps from that game. But we don't talk about what he did in the journey to prep for this season. So we don't talk about that as much. Um, I want to ask you, because this is really what you do to help people, right? 
You know, I want to ask you about this notion of let's look at who we are. You know, what happens when we begin to shine our light? How does that look? How does that feel? I want to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about I'm moving through the light. But there we are. You know, is our or or do we have stories to tell that relate to people that may not be able to make the move. When we come back, we're going to be talking about how do you do this and what does trust have to do with it anyway? Let's take a short break. We'll be right back with Stacy Barber. Get empowered. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Thank you for tuning us in and turning us on right here, grounding into your radiance with my very special, very special cohort here, Stacey Barber. Stacey, before we kind of follow the light, how do people find out more about you? How do they follow your light? Mm, Thank you. Yeah, um, I have a really beautiful website that was just created for me. It's stacybarber.com, and you spell my name with an I-E. Um, Instagram, I'm Stacy Barber Coaching. And then if you have any questions for me or would just like to reach out, my email is stacy.barber at gmail.com. So all pretty synonymous. <laughs> I love it. Consistency is the pathway to, I don't know what it's a pathway to. I'm so not that. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, true confessions from a quadruple Sagittarian. Look, we're moving towards, I've been there, you've been there. You know, we know about our stories. You know, I found out way later in my life that when I was born, there's a 12 year difference between myself and my sister. And I have two other stepsisters and a half brother, of course. But there's this 12 year difference. And a lot happens to a mother in 12 years, right? (laughs) And uh, often wondered how that actually even happened. But one of the things I found out later in life was how my mom passed away and also about her alcohol and barbiturate use. Now, back in the day when women were feisty, doctors like Dr. Jacoby writes a prescription and just tries to calm them down, right? Mm -hmm. But you know, and I know back then, the combination of drugs and alcohol, even fast forward today, it is devastating. Mm-hmm. It is a is it a life that you can't even describe until you've been there. So we know what it's like to be born into this world in that environment. Mm-hmm. And people ask us, how? How did you how did you find the light? I mean, how did you come out? You know, how did you become an optimist? How did you I mean, I get the how did you, how did you, how did you? And and up until a point in time, I didn't have a real good answer. And then what I said is, you know what? I got to tell you about this mom, mm-hmm. this alcoholic mom, this alcoholic maybe suffering from what we now know is bipolar, right? That thing, maybe, we'll never know. But the one thing you say about it, somewhere in there had to be love. Mm-hmm. For me and for you, maybe it was grandma. So let's talk about how we move towards the light, but how we remember the truth of who we are. And how did you do that for yourself? Because even though you and I may have similar kind of like stories, we're not the same. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, I'm older than you, but basically we're not the same. (laughs) 
Tell me about that and how you've created now sort of an inverse relationship with some of those stories. Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's the most powerful part. Um, and I think it goes back to that dynamic in my life and being taught about the love of something greater than us, that there is an infinite power that has our greatest good at, at, at its heart's soul, you know, the sole purpose of of being connected to whoever, whatever we want to call it, right? God, the universe, source. Um, for me, knowing the truth of that, having that in my bones from, you know, age one day, um, that for me is what really said, I don't have to do this alone, right? And I'm not, I'm not fighting the fight alone. And I just have to do my part I have to put one foot in front of the other in my world, knowing that I'm going to be met with that same generosity and love. And yes, it's that self-forgiveness um, going back to being able to know that we all make mistakes. And even if it were however we want to look at it, right? Does that have to be the label that we carry for the rest of our lives? No, right? It's a, it's a choice again. And I, I, I go back to this story after I had made the decision to have the abortion and went through that really difficult time in my life when I started coming out of what I call the darkness and the fog, um, I knew that I had to tell my truth. I knew that I could no longer cover it up um, because that was literally killing me from the inside out. It was asking to be brought to light. And the most difficult person in my life to be able to share this truth with was this grandfather, this man that um, was the epitome of love and respect. And, you know, he he was just a beautiful man. And there was that sense of, am I going to, is he, you know, is this going to offend him? Am I going to hurt him? Is this going to be too much? Is he going to reject me? And um, I, I got some resistance from my mom and my grandmother when I said, I, I, I've got to tell, I've got to tell him. And they were like, no, 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 you know, don't do that. That's going to, it'll put him over. He, you know, it's just too much. And that, this day will forever be so special in my heart. Um, he sat in this rocking chair by the window, you know, when he would be studying the Bible or just reflecting and I came over and I sat down and I looked at him eye to eye and I said, I have something I have to talk to you about. And I proceeded to tell him my story. And he looked at me and with these, these eyes of pure love and understanding. And he said, Oh honey, I'm so sorry, but you know, I don't love you any less. And for me, it was almost like a permission slip that like, you don't have to carry this anymore. You know, like this is your opportunity to be able to turn this into something really beautiful. And um, it, when I started getting it out, I, it's like pulling a splinter out and it begins to heal, right? Like we get that toxin out. And the more I was able to share that truth, share what I'd gone through, share the experience of one foot in front of the other, it was like this weight started lifting off of me. I could breathe again. <laughs> you know, I was able to just be with myself, you know, be in that space of being alone and just listening and letting, letting it all be okay. Yeah. 
And we don't talk about that enough. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm excited about this today. You know, one of the things too, that is really important for, for us to remind ourselves of is that we're talking about your journey. We're talking about what it means to, you know, look at life as the sculptor and share your story. And thank you for that. But what happens is that we take the walk and then you make a conscious decision or I know I, I know I made a conscious decision in 2003, but I think it was in me even before that to really look and say, I want to reach out. And I'm telling you, I have the card. Hold on. Where is that card? Hold on. I have my original crust busting card. And this was what came before the Dr. Pat show because I was so stuck. And it was break through the crust and live life full out. And I had this card and it was actually a business and it was the whole thing and still is, by the way. And I put this on the card and then on the back of the card and Jack Canfield looked at this one day and said, I need to steal this idea from you. And on the back of the card, what it said was my goal is to help at least 1 million people this year bust through the crust and live life full out. I love it. Then I dial a wrong phone number. What was your tipping point moment where you made either out loud or inside the declaration mm. that you were going to help people ground into their radiance? And, and, and literally, Stacey, what I'm saying is you got all in. Mm-hmm. You know, you got mm-hmm. all in on that. Do you mm-hmm. recollect perhaps what that was? <laughs> well, there's a few. And like you said, I think it was there from the beginning and it, until we start to really look for it or it becomes so <laughs> loud. Um, there, a couple come to my, to mind. I was driving home one day and this is when I started sharing my story. And there was a girl about my age hitchhiking. Mm. And I don't pick up hitchhikers normally. That's not a practice that I take. And, um, and I just said, something said, pick her up, pick her up, pick her up. And I pick her up and we're talking and I'm driving her home and she just starts talking to me. She goes, I don't know why I feel so comfortable with you, but I just, I need to get this out. And she was in a really abusive relationship. She was also pregnant. She was going through the whole dynamic and she was able to open up and feel safe with me. By the end of the car ride, she was ready. She was making a better decision for herself. She was going in and packing her bag. She was choosing life and herself over these cards that she had been dealt. And she came out of the dark right and for me it was like that little moment of like my story matters because when i start to share and stay open keep my heart open other people feel the permission to do that as well other people heal it's that whole idea of like divine oneness right that universal law that we're all connected and knowing that knowing that by opening my heart and keeping that truth vibrant and a two-way connection, we heal the world one person at a time. Um, and to fast forward a bit, um, I lost my father four years ago, um, and it was due to his alcoholism, cirrhosis of the liver. And I was standing over him in his hospital bed, which was in the middle of our living room where we grew up, and he couldn't speak any longer. He um, had lost every sense except hearing. 
And this is a man that his whole goal of life was to work to retire. I'm going to work, work, work. I'm going to, you know, the end game is the goal. Forget about enjoying the ride. You know, he was just very single tunnel vision focused. And I stood over him seeing, knowing that he had not enjoyed his life. He did not have an ounce of retirement in his account. He really left, led a very lonely life. And um, again, it was that drop in of spirit that said, okay, it's time. It's time for you to make a different decision. And at the time I was working as an occupational therapist at a rehab hospital here in Charleston. And I'd gone to master's program for it and loved my work. And I had insurance, benefits, daycare, all the things to this job. And spirit said, it's time to leave. It's time for you to step out and really do what you're supposed to do. And I, I almost argued a bit. I was like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> What's my husband going to say? Like, how does this even make sense? And it was dropped back down to me that your training prepared you to take care of your father. It prepared you to come in with the empathy that you needed. It prepared you to come in with the boundaries that you needed. Your training prepared you for this moment in time. And now it's time to stop. And I didn't know why. I didn't know what the next step was. And the next day I called my boss and I said, I'm going to give you a month's notice, but I have to. I have to leave. And I think it's those moments of when we are asked to step out in faith, right? Of you might not know every step along the way, but I can promise you it's going to be worth it. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, this is really why you and I are talking because in the moment that you're in it, you know, you know that you're being called forward in some strange way. You don't have all the answers. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back next is we're going to talk about those steps that we take and what you do to help other people take them. I want to take a moment for folks to find out more about you. Would you tell us how to do that? What is the best way to find out about you? Also, how to work with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm pretty active on Instagram. Um, if you guys are on the gram, it's Stacy Barber coaching. Um, I have a lot of free resources and tips and tools that I put out and I just show up really fully there. Um, and my website gives you a great description about me and the work that I do stacybarber.com. Um, and I do, I really love private coaching. I love meeting people right where they're at going in and really doing the work. Um, and I also do some small group programs and that's all on my, um, on my website. So I, I just, the work that I really feel so strongly called to do is this coaching and mentoring. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing quite like it, especially mm -hmm. when you get the synergy of a group or in the moments, right. Where two hearts connect, right. They, it's almost indescribable, right. Isn't it? Totally. Um, and we're going to talk about that when we come back, Stacey Barber, grounding into your radiance. When we come back, we're going to talk about trust and faith. You know, those are the two words that most people that you talk to when they say, I'm at my rock bottom, and you start to have that conversation, it takes a minute for them to get on board. But it doesn't fall on ears that can't hear. It just may take a moment. When we come back, we're going to talk about what Stacy has done and is developing to help people reconnect 
because that's where I was lost. And clearly you can hear it from Stacy. We forgot who we are. We forgot the dignity of our own human spirit. And now this is a body of work that many of us really could use right now. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Transition, simultaneously the most difficult and vital part of the human experience. Without change, how would we grow? Tune in to Grounding Into Your Radiance with Stacy Barber every second and fourth Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Step into your truth and allow the light into your life. For more information about Stacy and her services, visit StacyBarber.com. That's Stacy S-T-A-C-I-E, Barber.com. Hey, everybody, welcome back. Yep, grounding into your radiance. Before we continue, because we are going to talk about what I have found, come to found two of the most powerful words and then two of the most powerful energies, trust and faith. Before we do that, um, this, is a, this is an area that, by the way, you specialize in. And I want to make sure folks, again, have a way to contact you. Would you go ahead and do that, Stacey? Sure, absolutely. Um, I'm on Instagram as Stacey Barber Coaching. Um, my website, stacybarber.com, and then email stacy.barber at gmail.com, and it's S-T-A-C-I-E. Oh, okay, so Linda will tell you that I am one of these people, and she'll say to a fault, you know Linda, right? And, and Linda will say to a fault, like, you are the most trusting person in mm-hmm. the world, and she's right. Now, mm-hmm. how did that happen? I'm not exactly sure how you get to be trusting from my first 21 years on this planet. Mm -hmm. But what does that even look like? So for me, it is this, you are, you come to the table, I meet you. If I connect with you, Mm -hmm. right, you're there. Mm -hmm. But if I don't connect with you, you're probably not in my life and you don't want me in your life. I mean, it's a mutually agreeable situation, but other situations of trust and faith, especially when it comes to our own walk in life and our, and trusting in, in ourselves is one of the most difficult to do we get tried and we get, we get tried, we get squeezed, we get grounded, we get squashed, right? You know, I love, sometimes you're the windshield, sometimes you're the bug. And in my opinion, Neither one of those is a winner. (laughs) But if we have trust and faith, and we are the windshield and the bug, if we have trust and faith, we will make sure we keep our hands on the wheel and roll. Mm -hmm. What is it about trust and faith that you discovered along the way to being you and in working with your your clients? How Mm -hmm. significant are those two words? Mm, They're everything everything. And I have two daughters and I I teach them the importance of that because without that, I feel like we're walking around with a bandana over our eyes of just, you know, what's, what's, what's next, what's next. And when you can just stay connected in that, in that knowing, right. In that knowing that, that the only real thing that exists in this world is love and light. And when we are away from that, we're actually out of the conduit that's always available to us. You know, it's the work of the law of attraction and all of that. And it's um, when you get there and then you're out of it, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like you're, it's like all of a sudden you feel like you're swimming, swimming upstream and you're like, wait a minute, I was floating on a float a minute ago. Like what just happened? <laughs> um, so I think it's that it's that when, when you experience that, that the ability to surrender 
into the not knowing, into the faith, into the trust, that it's, it's not, it doesn't take the effort. You're not exhausted. You're just able to be. And I think that that truly is, we're so brainwashed around like, do, 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 go, 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 that we forgot how to just be with ourselves. And boy, didn't the pandemic show us how to do that real quick. You think? And I, yeah. And I think so many people have been so out of practice with that, that it became really uncomfortable and they weren't really sure who they were anymore. So many of the women I work with, that's what they'll say to me. Like, I feel like I've lost myself. I feel like I don't, I don't know who I am from who I was 20 years ago. I've been with my kids for the last 12 years, or I've been in a job that it makes me miserable, or, you know, I've just feel like I've lost myself. And it's really the power of just learning how to be just learning how to soften into that, right? Sitting with ourselves, listening, you know, really, truly listening, I think is such a gift because we have so much chatter going on. Mm -hmm. It's that practice of really slowing down and saying, what is it that's trying to come to me right now? And how can I make it more effortless, effortless (laughs) Mm -hmm. to hear that, you know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, this is really the times we're living in now. These are really the two go-tos. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk to you about this because sometimes we think about them and they're like overwhelming and daunting. Um, and one of the things that I want to talk with you about is, you know, when we are looking at, you, you know, this notion of grounding into your radiance, you, you know, I don't know that you're saying, nor am I saying that you wake up one day, although this could happen because this did happen to me. You mm-hmm. wake up one day and you're like, who the heck am I? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that does happen. But there is this notion of when you have the realization that something must change. But I'm so comfortable right now, even if I'm in an abusive relationship, my boss wants to cut my pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I could go through the list. My dog died. My car doesn't work, you know, and that would be what my mama used to call the best country Western song on the planet. <laughs> but even when you're with that scenario, the comfort zone represents the fact that the, the pain of change right, Mm -hmm. is not yet greater than, you know, so when you think about the pain of change, so the pain of staying the same is not painful enough that you'll embrace the pain of change. Mm -hmm. You know, you're at the point where you're almost there. What do we do to help folks understand that there's not much comfort in the comfort zone? Mm -hmm. Yet that is like an illusion. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. talk to that thing yeah I'm going through that right now (laughs) right well and the way I describe it is it's life is pushing us up against our edges right we create this bubble this box bubble however you want to look at it this is what feels good this is what feels normal this is what feels comfortable right and then when life because it will the way i describe it is it starts to whisper and we don't listen the first time it gets a little bit louder and then if we don't listen it starts to yell right and it starts to get really loud and that like hey you can't stay here anymore and if you do your health is going to deteriorate right your mindset's going to keep going down your family is going to suffer like what 
how do we, you know, it's, and I think that's it. It's like feeling that nudge up against the edges. And I go, God, the quote that I've had in my wallet, if I could pull it out, it would be kind of like your card. It's all tattered. And, um, but it's that when we come to the edge of all the light that we've known, and we're asked to step into the darkness of the unknown, one of two things will happen. Either we're going to find solid ground to stand on because we do, we always do, or we're going to be taught how to fly. Right. And it's that when we can come to the edge and say, I don't know, but like, <laughs> you know, I, I know that I have to do something different. And I think that's it. It's when you get to that space of getting real about how this isn't working anymore, because we know, you know, like I, if you talk to so many people, they'll say, oh yeah, I thought about this five years ago, but I just decided not to look at it. So yeah. it's really the question of how long are you going to live the life that really isn't serving you? And you know, one of the things I want to ask you about, cause you just nailed something here, but here's the thing that I discovered, you know, even with the crust busting card, one of the things I discovered and I reflect back at that time and you know how painful that was. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a scenario where I'm in the middle of a scenario where I am supposed to be happy and grateful for everything in my life. Like you finish your degree, you're ready for the next part of your life in your world and you're not. Mm -hmm. And so I reached out for help mm -hmm. because it was so odd for me to be stuck when I looked at the future and then I looked at the future and I said, oopsie, I know I went to school for 10 years, but boy, do I not want to do that. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much they want to pay me. I don't want to do that. And I realized in that moment, I cannot talk to my partner because, you know, the partner looks at you and says, seriously, you have like how much money in school loan debt and you're not thinking you want to take that high paying job at that mm -hmm. corporate thing there or that high paying consulting job. What's wrong with you? Mm -hmm. So you get that. And so you realize I cannot take it alone. I mean, isn't that the foundation of your work mm -hmm. as well? to know and, and to have people understand it's okay to be there. It's okay for you to be there. It's okay for me to be there. Mm -hmm. It's okay if your body fails you. Mm -hmm. But what I learned, which wasn't okay for me, was to be in that space alone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And this, I think, is the key. And I can only speak about women. I don't work with, I, I work with two men but I can only speak about women that I work with. The one thing across the board they say is thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you for witnessing me. What have you discovered about that aspect of helping people? Mm. It's everything. It's everything. Because what have we, what have, you know, what has research showed us about the loneliness? <laughs> right? Like Where do you want me to start with that? <laughs> Right. <laughs> and again, it's, it's that, that we're all interconnected. I love um, Maya Angela's quote. I go to it often as well, that we're more alike than we are different, right? We are all more alike. And when we can see our likeness, when we can see that we're on the same path, when we can see that we all come from the same stardust, dirt, whatever, right? Magic that makes us, that creates this human experience. When we can see that and we can share that with another person, that's everything. Hmm. Like my clients, I, I can't tell you how many times it's just been, I just needed to talk about this with someone. I just needed to feel safe. I needed to feel seen and heard. And once 
like as humans, that's one of our innate yearnings is to feel heard, seen, and loved. And when we can provide that for another human being, or we can find that in someone else, it's a lifeline. It's really a lifeline that helps them stand in the knowing of who they are, where they can then radiate from that space, right? Because they've, they know that they matter. They know that they are just as important as anyone else in this, in this, you know, journey that we call life. You know, I think that this is really for most of us. It's just one of the greatest, I think, um, challenges and opportunities we face. It is that, and I talked about this yesterday, one of the hardest things I've ever done, and I've done it multiple times in my life, is face myself. Mm. Um, A couple of pivotal experiences, I was literally looking in the mirror, you know, and I didn't recognize myself. And I talk about that often. Mm. Um, but I also have created a body of work in that is grounded in wanting. And by the way, this th- deal here is to help a million people. That was achieved. So that 13 week internet only show back in 2003, within 13 weeks, we had reached a million people, both locally and internationally. And to this day, that particular network doesn't understand how. It is for me, not trying to rationalize the how, because this is what grounding into your radiance is about. It's not about trying to rationalize or logically or linear explain things. Mm-hmm. Stacy, if I did that, I wouldn't be able to explain the major things in my life. When we come back, we're not just going to talk about leaping into faith. We're going to talk about the highest pole vault into faith that you could see, which is generally the easiest. We'll be right back. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by. I am so thrilled to be talking to all of you. We have got talk radio for all of us. Are you ready and willing and able to accept all of the abundance you can muster up in your life? Check us out at drpatcho.com, transformationtalkradio.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Stacey Barber's in the house. And here's what we're talking about, grounding into your radiance. Um, the other thing I want to say about this show is if you want to find out more about what we're talking about and about Stacey, um, you're going to be able to go over to Stacey's website and check it out. That is stacybarber.com. And Stacey is S-T-A-C-I-E, uh, barber.com. Uh, also, if you go over to Instagram, it's Stacy Barber Coaching. If you go over to Facebook, it's Stacy B Coaching, right? Yes. Um, and then, you know, many other ways to do that, many other ways to find out about you. Um, I want to talk about this next part because following the signs. Um, and that's a true story that I, I shared before the break. Mm-hmm. You know, I have been rejected by like, I think I sent out 35 applications. One of them I had already been accepted to, you know, cause I had finished at Columbia and they wanted me to continue and I sent it to the wrong department. And so no kidding, seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did that. Um, but packed myself up, moved to Seattle, thought I was going for the university of Washington and the person I thought I was studying with, they, they decided they couldn't get rid of him. So he was like really, you know, a well-tenured guy and they just shut down the program. So now I'm sitting in Seattle, no place to go, no mm-hmm. school to go to, 
rejection letters flying in and Linda's getting them all back in Jersey and flying through the door, except for one school. And Linda reads Claremont, Cheryl Granrose. You didn't make it this year, but we're going to put you on a waiting list for next year. Like, what is that? What is the, what is a, what? A wa- <laughs> waiting for what? What am I waiting for? And at that point, demoralized is not exactly the right word. What? I lived on Capitol Hill. I had my beautiful collie. I had my chopped Harley Davidson. And I had a way to go get coffee. Coffee in a place in Seattle where you can go out your door and get coffee and espresso on every corner. But there were signs. Tell us about the signs and what is important in learning about the signs you see and then leaping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it goes back to trust and faith, right? And that asking for them. And for me, my sweet grandfather, the spirit of that man, when he left this world, I felt this deep knowing that he would always be with me somehow. I didn't know what it felt like. I didn't know what it looked like, but it was just this, I was eight months pregnant with my oldest daughter when he passed, which broke my heart because it was just, he was the man that felt like love for me. And, um, when I was, I left my job and all the things, the way that I know that he's still with me out of the blue, when I was asking for the sign, this most delicate little yellow butterfly starts spooling around in the air. And it was just peace knowing. Right. And I was like, Hmm, I got curious about that. I mean, what is this? And then it would just be like, every time I would see this little yellow butterfly, I knew that he was with me. And so the day that I decided to quit my job, the little yellow butterfly shows up when I'm sitting on my front porch steps, making the decision if my husband and I are going to buy this um, Pilates mindful movement studio that I had worked out for eight years. I had no idea this was even a possibility. This little yellow butterfly comes and goes, like literally lands on my nose and then flies back away and then comes around again, just to make sure I got it the first time. And that is my knowing that is when I am in that space of what is it? What is it? I know. I don't know, but I believe if we ask that it'll be shown to us. Right. And I think that that's just, again, coming back to the, the trust and the faith and that there is something bigger than us that is on our side, you know, that what we might look like at as not making it or failure or what some missing the mark is actually exactly what needed to happen for us to step into the next version of ourselves. Right. And it's yeah. that not knowing being okay in the not knowing. You know, I, I know that we're going to be talking about this more and you're definitely going to be talking about this more as we move forward. Um, there's one thing to be able to look back at your your life there's another thing to be able to now recognize the movement that you need to make in the moment um and and, you know honestly i started it i think i started chatting about russell wilson for a few minutes and you know clearly wasn't in please don't email me on this but i wasn't a fan initially although i did his uncle Carlton Brown was my boss, one of the best bosses I've ever had, challenged me, stood up for me. And, you know, there's something about watching people 
grounded into their radiance and what they will do to shine. And I think that's what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about taking that leap like you did, wellness studio, and then mm-hmm. diving headfirst into coaching. But mm-hmm. you did have to do the groundwork to prepare you to be the best that you could be at helping others. Mm-hmm. Talk about that journey for folks. Yeah. And for me, you know, that's an ongoing process. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Doing the work, you know, and boy, oh boy, has it not always felt comfortable and downright really hard a lot of times at looking at all of the things in our life that have brought us here, the good and the bad, and, you know, really looking at our values and our beliefs and um, what triggers us and what are we bringing from conditioned old patterns or ways of being into the life that we're living now, looking at it, face value, being able to utilize tools, working with the subconscious mind, like getting underneath you know, taking off the top layers and really going in there, going deep. Um, One of my mentors, she says, the only way through is in, right? We have to go in. And if I stop doing the work, I'm not going to be who I need to be for the people that I'm serving. And so for me, it's a lifelong journey. It's learning um, tools of hypnotherapy, breath work, NLP, right? Going into the workings of our internal representation system and how does that start to shift who we are? How does that start to shift the state in which we live our lives, which shifts the results, right? And it's the power of being able to be in that space of knowing how to really reconnect with ourselves. What was the hard, let's talk about this. What was the hardest thing that you've done recently? Because I'm thinking about this now for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, somebody said to me, I, I get asked these questions, you know, even though I interview a lot of people, they end up, you know, like asking me hard questions. That seems unfair at sometimes, but, you know, so I get asked that question and I think they were kind of trying to probe and ask me about COVID-19 and how are we still even here? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but, but, but it was an interesting question. It was, what is the hardest thing that you've had to do recently? So recently, what is that? A month, two mm-hmm. months, three months? Um, and there were several that came up. Um, one of them was take better care of myself. Mm-hmm. Now that's like, that's weird. Like, really? How hard is that? No, it's hard. It's hard. You know, I work to provide the best network on the planet 24 7 that's what I do it doesn't seem like work sometimes but then I thought about the hardest thing for me and I want to ask you this question because I've learned so much from these hard parts the hardest thing for me is I love working with people and grooming them I love giving folks the opportunity to shine. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest part for me is learning and understanding that that's not what everybody wants. Some people don't want to grow. They don't want to shine. That doesn't make them bad or mm-hmm. less than. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a lesson I've had to learn about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just see the potential in people. Right. 
Yes. What is the serenity prayer? God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage mm -hmm. to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm -hmm. The hardest thing for me to do is the third part of that. What is the hardest thing for you? <laughs> I would agree a hundred percent on on that. That's the last part, obviously. It's like, but I want to help everybody. Um, for me lately, um, I would say that so much has been coming up in my relationship around um things that i have been working off working on my entire adult life in regards to my father and again this man has been gone from this world for four years now and um i literally we're actually going to therapy which is beautiful it's so great i think every single couple should because <laughs> it's we don't know we don't we don't grow up getting this handbook saying here's how to be with another person for the rest of your life you know good luck you know go out and figure it out and you know i said to her i said some days i'm just tired of working on this stuff that I didn't choose in the beginning, you know, at the same time, I accept that as part of my experience and really slowing down and being honest with myself when I am projecting my father's face onto my husband's body. And um, that happens sometimes without me even knowing. And that's been really, that's been hard. It's been really hard. I've been having to look at parts of what feels normal and comfortable for me as maybe that's not working anymore, you know, and maybe I need to, I, not maybe, I need to take 100% responsibility for who I am and how I'm showing up. And if I do that, then I can, you know, provide that same grace for other people. Um, but I would say that's been the hardest thing that's been coming up for me lately. I love it because it then provides the next opportunity and evolution for what we can do better to help people out in the world. And, you know, those are the things that I think in our busy schedule, we don't take time to think about. But again, it is that moment you just shared. How beautiful is that? Because that is not an easy thing to do. That's that's like, you know, you get the crust busting award of the day for that. Um, just saying. Um, and look, <laughs> we're going to be talking about this a lot. But clearly, you are on path to help countless number of peoples around the world. I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for today. Um, and, you know, look, what, at the end of the day, there's a personal aspect to this. What's your personal message? What would you like to leave us today? And please remind people how they can contact you. Mm, yeah, you're, you are exactly where you're supposed to be in this moment. You are enough. You always have been and just sit in the knowing of that and let the rest come. I think that's the biggest message that I could share. Slow down, <laughs> right? Like just listen. Um, yes. And I would love to hear from anyone. Again, I'm on Instagram at Stacy Barber coaching. My website is stacybarber.com and email is stacy.barber at gmail.com. And I've got some spaces that I would love to feel with like amazing Really, I love also working with women, women who are ready, 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 ready to step into that next version of themselves. Yeah, well, you've come to the right place. We have the best listeners on the planet right here. Stacy, thank you so much for everything. And we'll be talking again. I love it. Thank you so much. My pleasure. This is the time to acknowledge each other. This is the day of the hero. 
And the hero means that for those of you that are waking up in the morning and you're turning on the computer for your kids to take a study lesson, at the same time you're trying to put something on the table for them to eat, or maybe you realize you may or may not have enough money to buy dinner and you reach out, or maybe it's you that you're doing pretty well and you realize that you're not affected as much as other people, but you decide to help somebody else. All of that matters. You matter. You matter. We'll see you next time.